How many are ready for the word today? A man walked to the top of the hill one day to talk to God. He said, God, what is a million years to you? And God said, one minute. Then he said, so God, what is a million pounds to you? He said, one pence. Then the man replied, well, Lord, in that case, can I have a million pounds? He said, yes, you can in just a minute. God's timing is not always our timing. And sometimes we think that when God hasn't showed up, that he's somehow forgotten about us and about what's going on in our lives. But really it's all because of the fact that he has timing. He has his ways of doing things. He's an on-time God, though. He always shows up when the time is right. It may not be when we think the time is right, but he still always shows up on time. And you know, I was, as I was praying for the last few weeks about what God would have me to share today, one thing that keeps always going over and over in my head is about the fact that we have so much that we can do in God's kingdom. But many times the problem is because we haven't really understood what we can do as human beings with God's help. Sometimes we look at ourselves as who we are humanly instead of looking at ourselves the way God sees us and about the authority and power that he's given to us to work through us. How many of you believe that? Wow. How many of you believe that it's not by your might, not by your power, but by God's power and by his spirit that you will overcome? Amen? You cannot do this alone. And I want to talk to you today about something that when I was uh, looking and walking around the room in my living room last night praying, I saw these keys, the very old keys. I found them somewhere in, in Texas last year. And um, I thought about these keys and I was just praying about it and I felt like God just gave me this. The keys to the kingdom are voice activated. Keys to the kingdom are voice activated. And I'm going to show you how that that's going to happen today. You know, the last few, uh, last week, one of the things that I love about how creative God is, is that uh, thanks to City Vision, I don't know how many remember when City Vision was here. Uh, I believe it was uh, last year when we had a conference with them. And they had been asked to reach out to the nation of Uganda. And as they began to reach out, suddenly it started to pick up pace and to the point that now every week 
um, there is a small team of us that one of us will be preaching to Uganda every Friday to a large church there in Kampala. And, you know, it's thanks to technology through Zoom. And, you know, it's quite creative. They've already now invested. They've got, um, they're not a wealthy church, but they now have two big screens, one on either side. We have to preach with an interpreter. They put up a, a, a computer to where that we can see the people. And then they have uh, us on the big screen where it feels like that we're in the room. And this last week, we had a three-day conference with them. And, you know... When God began to speak through me and I was just preaching the word, sat there in my living room in front of my computer, I was praying because I said, Lord, I want them to be able to be touched by you. I want them to know that they can still receive miracles. And then as, because I was preaching on Lazarus, I, I realized right then and there the power of the fact that I didn't need to be there because it's not about me anyway. It's about the fact that they themselves could activate the faith that was on the inside of them. So God spoke to me and said, if you feel like that there's people that need to be healed, ask them to stand right where they are. And so I did. I said, if you're in pain, if you've come with some kind of illness, and out of 300 pastors and leaders, there was probably about 50 to 75 people who stood up. And I said, I want everybody around you to get ready because I had already been preaching about the fact that the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in them, dwells in me, dwells in you. Hallelujah. And I told them I uplifted their faith and said, listen, you don't need me. You can stand up, right? If you're sitting next to a person who needs healing, stand up, lay hands on them, and pray for them to recover right now and to be healed. It was such a powerful thing because I watched as people all around them stood up. And they began to lay hands on them and pray. And then God said to me, ask for them if they have testimonies. And you know what? When we asked for testimonies, they were queuing up, running down, preaching, uh, coming down to testify. This is what God healed me of. This is what God, I came in pain. One of them who came who said she was all crippled up. Everything straightened out. She was healed right then and there. Why? Because it's not about me. It's about the fact that we recognize that you have the power on the inside of you that you can activate right now and today. Hallelujah. You've always had it. Verse uh, in Second Peter, chapter three, verse one. He says, "I am stirring up your pure mind." I found this saying about what God is trying to do. I am awakening a force in the earth. Come on, we are a force. He's trying to wake us up. He's trying to get us to recognize that, yes, he could have done it. If he wanted to, he could even send 10,000 angels down right now to do the work for us. 
But this is what God has chosen to do. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins and then to rise again so that we may know through the resurrection that we have salvation. But he also did this. He wanted us to know, I have faith in you that you will be able to rise up and lay hands on the sick for them to recover. You will be able to lay hands upon the dead and watch them rise up. Why? Because it's the power of God on the inside of you. Hallelujah. It's not your power. Verse 2 says, remember the words spoken in the past for the future by the prophets and apostles. You know, it's interesting. Sometimes I think it's how we get so confused and bewildered about why things are going on around us the way they are right now. You only have to read the word. And you understand. It's what's meant to happen. You know, even people who say, well, who is this Jesus who's supposed to come back? Where is the promise of the Father? So we get all discouraged. And we walk around saying, look, they're, they're going around asking, you know, who is this Jesus? Is he going to do what he said he was going to do? Where is the faith? If you have your Bibles, look in 2 Peter verse 3 and 4. I want to show you that it's not me. I want to show you that what Jesus was saying is, I already told you what was going to happen. Why are you surprised? He said, mockers will come in the last days with their mocking. And listen to what the scripture says. They will say, where? Come on, if you have that with me, I'm in the Amplified, but I think it's still very simple. Where is the promise of the Father? Come on, say that with me. Where? People are asking, where is this promise of the Father? But what Jesus wants us to know through his word is, you don't need to be surprised about that because I'm telling you that people are, are going to start asking you because they're going to start wondering. But the response that we have, and I want you to go to Psalms 31 verses 14 and 15. And I love the fact that through David, through the Psalms, we can see how uh, to be faithful to him knowing Look what it says with me. It says, but as for me. Come on, say that with me. But as for me. Come on, do you really believe that? But as for me, I trust confidently in you and your greatness. You can't trust confidently in God and his greatness. And not believe it and do something about it. Oh Lord, I said. You are my God. My times are in your hands. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from those who pursue and persecute me. You see, like David, we've got to put our confidence in the Lord. 
You've got to trust that he will deliver you out of your circumstances and in to the next big thing in his perfect timing. I'm going to take you back to 2 Peter in just a minute, but I want you to think about the fact about his timing. You know, you'll see many times where in the scripture it says in due season, in the appointed time. God doesn't operate just as a day-to-day. He operates by seasons. And there's many of us who may be wondering, why am I going through this season? Sometimes I would say, not always, so don't quote me on that, but sometimes the season going through we brought upon ourselves. Not always, but sometimes. Sometimes we're living through things that we're living through because of perhaps what we, we have done. But then there is also the storms, as Jonathan said to us today. There is going to be the storms that we go through that are testing trials. But again, we were told this was going to happen. We were told that this would come. In 2 Peter 3, back to 2 Peter 3, verse 8. And I want to read this scripture to you. Nevertheless, my dad used to love preaching on that word, nevertheless. Do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. Verse 9, the Lord does not delay and I love what the Amplified says as though he were unable to act Mm, that is a powerful word he has not delayed your answer because he doesn't know what to do He's not slow about his promise, as some count slowness. You know, when you say, oh, God is just taking his time. But it says, but it's extraordinarily patient towards you. Wow. Wow. He's patient towards us. And he doesn't want any of us to perish. But he wants us all to come to repentance. I've said this before when it comes to timing. You see, you are waiting for an answer here. And you are praying and believing God to bring the answer that you need. But because you cannot see the future, and because sometimes you do not know about all the warfare and the things going on around you, what sometimes we fail to do is to recognize that over here, God is working on your situation, but he has to put things in place here 
so that when it gets there, it is ready. Come on, somebody. And when you get here, the reason this isn't ready, it's because over here he's trying to get things ready because he's trying to get this in place so that when that comes and then that comes and then finally it gets to you. Why? Because he knows what he's doing and he's got the perfect timing. He does not ask you to know how. He says, trust me. Hallelujah. Trust me. Put your faith in me. Come to the place to where we are broken before him. Your self-will, our, inter- our independence. Why? Because he wants to work through us. There's things in us he's trying to do. He intervenes on our behalf. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. For in the proper time, come on if you know this, in the proper time, what will happen? We will reap. But it also has a clause that starts with a little word called if that follows it. Do you know what it says afterwards? If we don't give up. First of all, he says, don't grow weary. Yes, we get tired. I get tired. We get mentally tired. You know what you have to do? You have to take your eyes off of the circumstances at that moment and you have to walk away and say, Lord, I'm going to praise you in spite of what's going on over there. Sometimes you have to walk away and get yourself in a different place so that you can say, look, Lord, I'm leaving this over here because I'm done with that. I don't even have the answers. I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to make it through that. But i tell you what, I'm just going to leave that for a bit because I'm going to walk over here and I'm going to praise you. I'm going to sing. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to call upon your name. I'm going to declare that you are the Lord God Almighty. Why? Because I know that while I'm doing that, you are going to fix that. Hallelujah. If I don't give in. If I don't give in. Many times we are waiting on God for answers. And we grow discouraged because we think he's taking too long. But he has a proper time. Look with me in Second Peter. Same chapter, verse 3. Eleven and twelve. Since all these things are to be to be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be in the meantime? So it's making a statement. What what are we supposed to do in the meantime? He says, in holy behavior. That is. In a daily life that sets you apart as a believer. And in godliness. 
displaying profound reverence towards our awesome God. Can I just stop there and say that when you're going through something, don't hold out on praising God like you're trying to make a statement. Come on. You can't be making a statement to God thinking, oh, well, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to praise you because you, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. I wonder if we remember who we're dealing with. Because you need to recognize that he's up there. He loves you with all your, his heart. He loves me. He loves you unconditionally, no matter what you've done. He loves you today. What he wants, the bottom line, is he wants repentance. He wants our souls to be saved so that we might one day go and live with him. But in the meantime, he wants us to understand that, yes, things will not always go our way. But what he does say is, in the meantime, do what you're supposed to do, even though you can't figure it out. Praise me. Worship me. Because that is what causes me to want to act. Hallelujah. While you earnestly look for and await the coming of the day of God, for on this day, The heavens will be destroyed by burning and the material elements will melt with intense heat. I'm not going to preach Revelation today, but we all know that the day will come. But in the meantime, why not be, do as much as we can to worship Him here, to praise Him here, to put our voice into action. I want to give you a few keys of how you can use these keys and activate them with your voice. Are you ready? I want to show you what your mouth can do when you speak up and speak out the Word of God. We have to understand that we can't just sit by and wish for it to happen and think for it to happen. We've got to speak it into existence. And I'll tell you this, when I tell you the keys that you can use today, these are just a few. There's many that you can use. But let me say this. The same way you proclaim the positive, you proclaim the negative. So you decide what you are proclaiming into your world. That's not very popular, but it's still the truth. Number one, your mouth can generate an open heaven and mobilize the armies of angels. You can do that. Scriptural. You know, you've even heard Pastor Daniel say that at times our angels are bored. They don't know what to do because we've not told them what we are believing for, what we are proclaiming. Have you ever proclaimed what you actually are believing for and stand on it in spite of the fact that you don't see it? We pray for our families every single night. Why? Because some of them serve the Lord and some of them don't. But I'll tell you what I declare every night. In spite of what they do, in spite of what they say, I just tell myself, don't pay attention to that. All I say is, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. You got to declare it, declare it, declare it. Someone one time asked me, how long do I declare that? I said, are they still breathing? Then you don't need to stop. Why would you stop? I've seen people on their dying beds give their hearts to Jesus. Not always ideal. Risky. 
pretty risky because you don't always know you'll get that chance. Number two, your mouth can generate your miracle. You can speak the word of God. I won't go into it, but many of you have read and, and know the testimony of my mother. Over 100 tumors, dying, had several surgeries. My dad fasted for her. I think it was something like, I can't remember, 16 weeks, something like that. She got weaker, weaker, till she got down to 80 pounds. Doctor said, that's it. Tell her goodbye, she's going to die. Today, she's still alive, sitting in Texas. Oh, come on, people. She's alive because you, you pray. Yes, I do know, and, and I don't want to get into this right now. Yes, I do know that at times not always everyone receives their healing. But what I will say is this. She was prepared either way because she knew she was still going on to be in glory with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to be faithful to the end. And sometimes it's, it's a bit of reality to accept, but it still doesn't mean that we don't hold fast to the faith. Number three, your mouth can generate your breakthrough to make your way prosperous. You can declare and speak God's word over your life. You know, and in the scriptures, he talks a lot about the fact that you can make your way prosperous. How? By you having faith in Him, by you living by His Word and allowing Him to do what He needs to do. But I will tell you this, there are things that we have to do to obey Him. We have to obey Him. There's many scriptures when it, people say to me, yeah, but I'm not being very prosperous. And I say to them, have you done the basic things that you're supposed to do in obeying His Word? Number four, your mouth generates peace-producing power. You know, when, when Jesus was on the boat and he had to speak peace, he said to the disciples, what's the matter with you? You could have done this. You could have said, peace be still. I love that. That's why I love the story about Peter. Now, Peter's not everyone's favorite, but he is one of mine. And I'll tell you why. Because Peter was a risky character. Matthew was a turn, you know, if you read about the disciples, Matthew was kind of the one that was the beloved disciple. And, you know, he, he always, I think, the way that the scriptures read about him, he always felt like maybe he was the number one. But Peter was the one that took risk. And I think the reason I like Peter is because I take risks to believe in God. Step out by faith to believe him for the big things because I want to see the big things happen. And, you know, I think about the fact that when you bring the stories in the Bible into a bit of reality, when those disciples were sitting on that boat, and we were on the Sea of Galilee, some of you that went with us to Israel, I thought about that story, and I thought about the fact of Peter sitting there, because he sees Jesus walking on the water, and 
Now, I don't know about you because not everybody would do this, but I'm telling you 100%, I would have been one that said, you know what, I'm going to do that. I'm going I'm to walk. I'm going to do what Jesus is doing. If not, I'll die trying. Matthew was the one that, you know, he's trying to keep everything just rowing along and everything's fine and keeping the peace. And, and you know, I know he's probably sitting there thinking, oh, here we go, Peter again, making a mess of things. Now he's going to get out of the boat and walk on water and he's probably going to sink. And there's nowhere in proof in the scripture how far Peter walked. He could have walked halfway across the, the water. We don't know. Maybe he took one step, two steps. But one thing I do want to remind people is he didn't sink. He didn't die. It says he began to sink. And the only reason he began to sink is because he took his eyes off of Jesus. I'm pretty sure my favorite part, this is, my, I'm, this is not scriptural. I'm just throwing my part in there. I'm pretty sure when he got back into that boat, he was boasting. I mean... You know, wouldn't you if you got out and walked on water? I mean, you would have come back. Man, I'm the man, man. I I walked on water. And I'm sure Matthew reminded him that he began to sink, and then, you know, Jesus had to go get him and bring him back to the boat. Well, maybe he walked back with Jesus. But I believe Peter still was able to say, but Matthew, I didn't see you get out of the boat and walk on the water. I didn't see you take a risk and get up. So even though I started to sink, I still took the risk. Next one, your mouth is a force that generates freedom, deliverance, and life. Now let me say this. Faith-filled words create an atmosphere where angels love to hang out in. Words of negativity create an atmosphere inviting demonic spirits and oppression. Thank you, Bill, because you know that's true. You believe it. You guys teach it. See, that's why I said you can speak the words of God. You say, how can I do that when I don't feel it? Because it's not about your feelings. I want to be really open and honest. There's some days... Even though I'm madly in love with Paul and I will love him to the day I die, there are some days that, you know, he does get on my nerves. And I'm sure I get on his. (laughs) But you know what? It's not about my feelings. It's about the fact that I know I love him with all my heart. And I don't just walk away because, you know, if we did that, we wouldn't be hanging out with anyone. We'd just be all living in a world by ourselves. And y'all all the same that are married, so don't even go there. <laughs> Faith-filled words. Come on, create an atmosphere where angels love to hang out and it creates an atmosphere for God to do something. When you constantly are around people who complain, speak negative, always moaning about everything that's going wrong. It gets wearing. It pulls you down. 
sometimes you don't realize that because you're around that all the time, you become like them. Why don't we turn those situations around and begin to speak life back into the situation, begin to speak faith-filled words, and so that they can see, hey, it may, it may look grim, it may not look very nice, but I come to tell you that we win. We win. In fact, I could have gotten up here today, and I could have gone to Revelation, and I could have read that book and said, we win, sit down and say, don't worry about it, it's, it's fine. You already won the victory anyway. Nothing less to be said. And you might be saying, how does this have anything to do with the theme of everything's going to be all right? I'll tell you why. Everything is going to be all right because we have Jesus. Come on. Everything is going to be all right because He's our Savior, He's our Counselor, He's wonderful. He's the almighty God. He's the healer. He's omniscient, which means he's everywhere. He's omnipotent, meaning he's all-powerful. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. We have him. And I have a song. I... I try not to do this every time I speak. I don't think I did it last time, but I have a song that actually Josiah introduced me to through, um, I don't know if any of you ever heard of Jeremy Riddle. He has a new album called Live in the Prayer Room. Anybody listen to that yet? Powerful, powerful album. Great album to put on if you want to get yourself into a time of worship. But this is what I, I just wanted to preach that small bit because this is what I feel like God was saying to me this morning when I was in my office praying. I believe there's people here you need breakthrough. I believe there's people here you need healing. And with the song we're going to do, His Name is Jesus. I do this because I want us to create an atmosphere of freedom, of recognizing that whatever you need from God, I don't even need to know what it is. I don't need to ask because it's immaterial because I know God has the answer. If you need salvation and you don't know who Jesus Christ is today, I want you to know that He loves you. He wants to forgive you of your sins. It doesn't matter what you've done. He still loves you. And all he wants is you to render your life to him and begin to serve him. That doesn't mean that you're becoming a part of a church. It means that you're becoming a part of God's kingdom. I said on Thursday when we were in a meeting up in London... I wish we were 
more concerned about getting people saved for the kingdom than just trying to fill churches, trying to fill groups. That's not to say you shouldn't come to church, so don't misquote me on that. Our message needs to be Jesus. Come on, just say that name under your breath. Think about the power in that name. And as they play this song, I chose one with no words. If you start to pick up on it, you can sing with it. But this is what I would like you to do. I want, if you need a breakthrough, you need a miracle, you, whatever you need from God today, if you're waiting for God to bring answers that you're desperate for, during this song, I want you just to stand right where you are. Because I believe, and I hope you will believe with me today, that people are going to receive their breakthroughs, that people are going to receive their healings, that people are going to walk out of here different than what they came in. Did you come today to get a touch from the master's hand? I can't do that for you, but he can. So as we play this song, we're going to play the song all the way through. It is about seven minutes. We have time. I'm wrapping it up early so we can do it. And I want you just to stand right where you are, and then we're going to pray.
as they play that quietly again in the background, I'm just going to invite you. His presence is here. You need a miracle from God. There are those standing around you that want to pray with you. I know several of you are standing, so either you pray together. If the, These altars are open as well, but listen, this is important. We need to take time to respond to the presence of God. And if you need a touch from God right now, you need a breakthrough, you need a healing. Even if you have to step out in the aisle because you want people to pray with you, feel free to do so. If you just want to come down to the altar, but come on, as they play this song again, I really believe. Maybe you need salvation. Maybe you need someone to pray with you the prayer of salvation. All you have to do is just say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Save my soul. Come on, respond. When you respond in his presence, that is when miracles begin to take place. Some of you may feel led to go and pray with someone else. Feel free to do so. But we need to pray for one another. We need to allow God to move in just these next few minutes. Come on, his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, these altars are open. You may want to kneel, you may want to stand, but come on, respond to what God's doing. Respond to Him. Pray for one another. You have the power on the inside of you to turn and pray for your brother and sister and believe for miracles. Activate that faith on you. Hallelujah. 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 He's wonderful. He's counselor. He's almighty God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus, Hallelujah, Jesus, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Come on, look around. If you see people in the aisle or you see people being prayed for, go and join in and pray with them. Don't just sit there or come down to the altar. Come on, let's take these few minutes and respond to God. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you, Father God. We thank you for your move. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. He's wonderful. He's counselor. 
He's almighty God. Sing out, cry out, call upon him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this house. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Thank you, Lord Jesus. All hail the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. I We sing out, we cry out, we worship you, we give our lives to you, we sing out, yeah. Cry out. His name is Jesus. His name is Lord, we thank you for your presence today. Thank you, Lord God, for those who have received answers from you, Father. Lord, we speak healing for those who need healing. We speak deliverance for those who need deliverance. 
those who need freedom, Lord God, to worship you, Father. We speak freedom. Lord, for those who might need the gift of faith because they've doubted and feel like they've lost their way, Lord, you have a gift of faith to give them. It can rise up on the inside of them, Father. Lord, I thank you that as we speak out your word today, I speak blessings. I pray, Lord God, that everyone that was here, whether it be here or when they leave or when they're downstairs or wherever, Lord God, I speak, Lord God, that they will have encounters with you, Father. Life-changing encounters. Lord, for those who don't know you, I speak salvation upon their soul. Lord, may they recognize with a simple prayer they can invite you into their lives to receive you as their Lord and Savior to forgive them of their sins. Father, above all, I thank you for what you've done here today. All glory and honor be to you, Father. Come on, say that with me. All glory and honor be unto him. His name is Jesus. That's why everything is going to be all right. Hallelujah. Can you just give a praise of thanksgiving today?